Don't talk about it, talk about it, just do it. Love one another, sister and brother. Don't hurt each other, yeah. Hey, wake up. You better wake up. It's a new year. 2022, day two. Only 356 shopping days until Christmas. I'm glad to see you on this first Sunday of the year. Uh, there's a little secret I'll let you in on. God has given us five purposes in the church. Worship, evangelism, fellowship, discipleship, and ministry. And those purposes are recorded for us in the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. And every month of the year, we do a sermon series that is focused on one of those purposes. Uh, you probably never knew that, but that's one of the things that we do to keep God's purposes balanced within the local church. And in the month of January, we have a fellowship focus. A fellowship is all about knowing and getting along with other people. Uh, as you may have noticed with the sermon lead-in, our January series is called Love One Another. And it is easily the most important instruction for fellowship given to us in God's Word. But there are all sorts of one another's in the New Testament, actually over 50 of them. And in this series, we'll look specifically at five ways that God has called us to live in fellowship with the people around us. If we can't get along with the people closest to us, how will we get around with, uh, along with complete strangers? And, and our first scripture text of the year is in John chapter 13. So John chapter 13, and as you turn there, uh, make sure you mark on your calendar January 16th. We'll be holding Next Step classes that afternoon and evening, and make sure you sign up for those so we know how to prepare. Uh, if you've never taken a Next Step class, let me quickly explain those to you. Class 101 is called Discovering Church Membership. It covers what we believe, why we believe it, and how we practice it. And we actually have uh, some graduates from our December class who we never have had the opportunity to recognize. And I will not call their names or point at them, but if you took our class 101 in December, would you please stand so we can clap for you? And if you remember that you took that? Yes, okay, very good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, class 201, which is their next class, is called Discovering Christian Maturity, and it covers some practical steps for a personal walk with God. Uh, we're offering it on January 16th. If you just want to kind of have a fresh look at how to grow in your Christian walk, this is a great class to take on January 16th. Uh, class 301 is called Discovering Church Ministry, and it helps each person find the shape that God has given you to be used in His kingdom. Class 401 is called Discovering Life Mission, and it's a review on how to bring other people to Christ. And you can sign up for those classes at the kiosk in the lobby, uh, or you can hop on servechurch.org to do that. Now, also, don't forget that our Wednesday ministries are all back in session at the normal time this week, 6.45 p.m. for Awana Youth Group and Adult Bible Study, and I hope to see you there. Now, next Sunday... Uh, is the first week of some new or refreshed Sunday school classes for adults. So adult Bible studies 
One of those is a precepts class on John chapter 1 uh, through 6. John 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. It is an intensive study, and I know that some of you are interested. If you are interested, make sure you see Kristen Oster right down here uh, after the service today. She's going to be the facilitator for the class, and she will answer all of your questions. Uh, but it is a great class. And uh, how many weeks is it, Kristen? 11 weeks. So you know exactly how long it is. You know how to plan. You know how to prepare. You will have homework. Uh, it is an intensive, awesome class. We also have a class right in here called Beginnings that goes verse by verse, phrase by phrase, word by word through the book of Genesis. And we're in Genesis chapter 7 right now. Uh, we have a topical Bible study class, the Fallons lead down the hall. And then we have a ladies class that Sheila Larea leads. And we have uh, also a life group that meets down in the second room for those who feel like they are up in years, okay? So if you feel like you're up in years, you can go to that class. Yeah, but all of that is coming next Sunday. We also have youth group down in this wing, and of course, children's Sunday school classes over in the other building. All right, let's read the words of Jesus now here in John 13, starting in verse number 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So by this, by our love for one another, all men will know that we are the disciples of Jesus. Now that's some serious responsibility on us to treat each other in the way Jesus has commanded. Clearly, Loving one another in the Jesus model is a great attractant to Christianity. Uh, people want to know Jesus because his children show extraordinary love to each other. But you know, loving one another without the Jesus model is also a repellent to Christianity. Uh, why would anyone want what we have when we treat each other the same way everybody else in the world does? Right? Why would they want what we have? And, and so in our first message of the year, in our first message of the series as well, we're going to look at the new commandment from some different scriptural angles, and it is a specific instruction that Jesus has given his children to follow. He provides the power for us to follow it. And so let's see four parts of this this morning. The notes are provided in your bulletin, and the, uh, the notes are also on the YouVersion app. On the YouVersion app today, there are also some recommended Bible reading plans for you to look at for the new year and uh, get in and, and get into the Word of God. If you already missed a day of Bible reading, then start today. And uh, don't make it about a calendar or a check mark. Make it about getting into the Word of God. And uh, don't, don't worry about whether your streak stayed intact on an app. Uh, worry about getting close to God. It's not about the surface of people seeing that you read the Bible. It's about you reading the Bible, right? It, it, reading the Bible is not so that somebody can say, oh, wow, he made it 30 days in a row in his app, okay? Reading the Bible is so we can get close to God and have a relationship with him. Now, let's talk first this morning about natural behaviors, 
natural behaviors. Uh, certain things are expected when it comes to humanity. They're expected when it comes to humanity. Ben, would you help me out for just a second? Or Ben, or maybe John can. I didn't know Ben was sleeping. Now he sent John. Okay. So this, this is one of the natural behaviors that I was talking about. I should have brought them both because they would be a perfect picture of this. Um, now, John, what would happen if Ben did this to you? Oh, come on, John. You'd hit him back, right? He's not tougher than you. Oh, come on. Katie can beat him up. If he punches you, you punch him back, right? No? Oh, you're too Christian for me. Get off the stage. I need somebody who acts naturally. John, come on. You hit me, I slap you right back. You belittle me. And I cut you down to size. Uh, on the other side of that, you do me a favor and I owe you one back. You send me a Christmas card and you might get one back for your effort. Okay? You know, we're one of the weird things of society. Oh, we got to send them a Christmas card. We're going to pay money and put a stamp on a card and write our name at the bottom of it. And we act like it's a big deal with each other. Right? It's like, oh, no, we didn't send them a card that had our name on it. I don't get the Christmas card thing. Maybe you do. Maybe I'm just from the wrong generation, but whatever, okay? This is my soapbox issue of the day. Uh, this is called the natural law of humanity. And really, it's an important law for civil government. And that's why God introduced it right after the worldwide flood in Genesis 9, when government was first coming on the scene. Here's what he said. See if this rings a bell. Whoso sheds man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. Okay? So in the Jewish law given to Moses, it got even more specific. Breach for breach, an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. As he has caused blemish in man, so shall it be done to him again. This was the natural law that you probably lived under when you were growing up, even though nobody really had to teach it to you. It was common sense. Why'd you hit him, Fillmore? He hit me first, right? Why'd you throw a rock at her, Genevieve? She threw it at me first. Do unto others as they have done unto you. It's the iron rule, okay? As I said, it's an important rule. When it comes to civil government, and it is absolutely the worst rule possible when it comes to human relationships. I, I guarantee you that living by the iron rule in relationships will eventually doom all relationships that you are in. The iron rule cannot possibly bring health to a relationship. If it's a husband-wife relationship, parent-child, sibling, friend, the rule was never designed for relationships. It was designed for policing and judging in a civil society. Now, Jesus addressed this in the Sermon on the Mount, and everyone was stunned. They couldn't believe he was saying what he was saying. But Jesus had to start with what was expected before he could introduce what wasn't expected. Just like you have to learn basic addition and subtraction before you can learn algebra. 
right? Can you imagine going into a first grade classroom with an algebra one-half test and putting it up on the board? What would the first graders say? Like, what do you think they would even come up with to ask questions about? They have no idea what it is. They don't even know what they don't know, right? So there's this progressive thing. It's a prerequisite thing. You have to learn to read and write before you can take a British lit class. And, and so listen to uh, how Jesus says this in Matthew 5. But if you want to take a look for yourself, uh, this really is, is so intriguing as Jesus comes from the natural law, the iron law, and he moves it in a, to a totally different direction. Matthew 5, and starting at verse number 38. So Jesus tells him, uh, you've heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. You've heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. What? Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and put bad things about you on Facebook and persecute you that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. So the natural behaviors uh, are not becoming of a child of God in his or her one another relationships. Natural behaviors is what everybody does. It's what's expected in society. We need to understand uh, what they are, the natural behaviors, to go to the next level. Now, the next level, let's call those thoughtful behaviors. Thoughtful behaviors. And, and you see a lot of people who are successful in business uh, who have certain axioms or sayings that they teach to their employees. And, and see if you know some of these, okay? Uh, at Chick-fil-A, you might hear if, if uh, you ask for something or if you ask for a sauce or a napkin uh, or you say, hey, thanks for the milkshake, what do they always say? It's my, it's my pleasure, okay? Uh, you guys didn't do very well in the first one. You better do another one. At Nike, they say, just do <laughs> Good, you guys are getting better. Uh, Gillette is the best a, a man can get. They really don't like women at Gillette. Uh, Apple says to think different. Everybody's going to get this one. McDonald's says, I'm loving it. Some of you got that one. As Skittles says to taste the, wow, who knew that that would be a big hit? Uh, Capital One asks, what's in your, 
Whoa. <laughs> it's the biggest participation of the year at church. Uh, bounty is the quicker. Wow, you guys are getting better. Uh, United Airlines asked you to fly the, the friendly skies. The Burger King says to have it. Levi's claims that quality never goes out of style. Disneyland is the happiest. Subway says to eat. Gatorade asks, is it, is it in you? B, Visa is everywhere you want to be. Some people obviously watch too much television. And, and uh, Kay Jewelers says that every kiss begins with... And Allstate used to say that you're in good. You know, in 1909, a London department store came up with a slogan that has been used by numerous businesses over the years. And here's what they're saying was, this is 1909. They said, the customer is always right. Now, believe it or not, uh, most business slogans have their origins in something Jesus said in the same sermon we referenced earlier. In fact, you don't have to be a child of God to understand and participate in the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Jesus said that, right? It runs parallel to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you are looking to move forward in life, in your business, in your friendships, in your neighborhood, at your workplace, in your school class. This is a powerful proverb. Treat others like you want to be treated. And it's definitely a step above, treat others like they treated you. But it does require some intentional behavior, along with some patience. Now, you don't have to answer these next ones out loud because the answers might be self-incriminating. Uh, what did you do when your toddler threw beans at you during dinner? All right, what did you do when your toddler yelled at you? What, what did you do when your toddler bit you? Hopefully you had the patience to intentionally treat the toddler better than he treated you. Okay, have you noticed that a lot of people are still responding to things in life like toddlers do? Especially in traffic, right? You know, with the golden rule, People of the earth can be nice, even when they haven't been treated nicely. And if you don't want to end up losing jobs and losing friends and losing your freedom by going to prison, the golden rule is extremely good advice. Anybody can do it. It just requires some patience and intentionality. Now, there are people that don't have very much character who often succeed under golden rule type business models. It's the weirdest thing. Uh, purposeful behaviors are constantly addressed and reinforced and evaluated. And the entire culture of the business is focused on customer service. Employee incentives are, are predicated on living out the culture that has been set. And you see this, if you ever go to a five-star hotel, uh, you're going to see this type of service. If you ever go to a restaurant, one of the handful of restaurants in the world that has three Michelin stars, 
you're going to be treated in this way. What happens? They create a culture of excellence founded upon the practical teaching of the golden rule. It's quite an interesting study because good habits of behavior can really pave the way for you in business and community relationships, but they can't possibly gain you eternal life. Keeping the golden rule cannot and will not get you to heaven. There are people that you might meet who are the nicest people, uh, who seem to be doing really good things, but they can't get to God by their works and neither can you. Salvation is not by works, it's only through Jesus. And it takes a personal relationship with him to get to this next dynamic, okay? So we've got these natural behaviors. And, and then we've got these behaviors that anybody can do them. And then there's just some behaviors that are supernatural behaviors. These are supernatural behaviors. This is level number three. This is the new commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples in John 13. We read this earlier. Love one another as I have loved you. Now look, the new commandment is only possible through Christ. If you have never received the love of Jesus, there's no way for you to offer it to others. And that makes biblical charity a miraculous practice. Nobody can behave this way out of human intentions, by human strength. It is supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit living inside of a believer. Now, let's look at some of the traits that are present in this form of love. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 13, and you may be already kind of familiar with this chapter and with this wording, but this is a great way to start the year by seeing what is this supernatural behavior? What is biblical love? What does it look like when somebody loves you like Jesus loves us? So 1 Corinthians 13, well, let's just start at the beginning because it's such a powerful uh, phrase. Though I speak with the tongues of man and of angels and of not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faiths so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Now look at these traits of biblical charity. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. That means it doesn't boast. It's not puffed up. It's not proud. It doth not behave itself unseemly or dishonorably. Yeah, it seeketh not her own. It's not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. True love doesn't dwell on negatives. Rejoices not in iniquity. True charity is grieved for sin in self and in others. But rejoices in truth. Beareth all things. That's the, the Greek word there means... It's so, such a cool phrase. It means without venting, like a watertight ship. Uh, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. That's 
the supernatural type of behavior we are describing here. And I'm going to tell you, there is no human on earth who can love anybody like that without Jesus. There's not. You say, well, my grandpa and grandpa, they were married for all these years, and and they loved each other like that, and they didn't have Jesus. Well, they loved each other by the golden rule, maybe, and maybe they uh, did to others as they would have them do to, to them. But nobody acts like this without Jesus. It's a proven fact in God's Word. And we cannot have this type of supernatural love without the miraculous working of God in our lives. And that's why this special supernatural love is, number four, relationship glue. Relationship glue. The love of Jesus will hold relationships together when everything else says they should fail or be destroyed. Think of how powerful the love of Jesus is. Just think, the love of Jesus in you could be like this. Some of my favorite verses, Romans 8, 38, 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a miraculous love. And the only way to get it is to follow Jesus. Uh, if the love of Jesus is that powerful and it is available to his children through the Holy Spirit, then, Pastor, why do relationships fail, even among people who call themselves Christians? Well, connections that fall apart are missing one of two possible things, okay? Either they're missing the possibility of the new commandment, which means that either one or both of the parties aren't authentic believers in Jesus, or they're missing the practice of the new commandment. Okay? They're either missing the possibility, because they don't have Christians in both sides of the relationship, or they're moving the, missing the practice of the new commandment. People who truly are children of God but they aren't living out the gift of his love in their relationships. They're just going with the natural behaviors of the flesh. And occasionally they might throw in some of the thoughtful behaviors that come with the golden rule, but the relationship glue of charity is missing. I want you to go with me to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to finish up over here. And you really need to get connected with this passage in Colossians chapter 3, we're going to see the difference here between natural behaviors and supernatural behaviors. The natural behaviors are what we expect from people. The supernatural ones are so refreshing and so unexpected that they make people say, why did you do that? Why did you treat me that way? How could you forgive me? And and so the supernatural ones are the ones that we really need to get in touch with because they're part of God's gift to us through Christ. Now, there's a key phrase uh, that is given to us on acting out these behaviors toward one another. Let's see if we can find it. So start in Colossians 3 with me. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Of course, one of those things is treating people with this supernatural love. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. 
So don't have an earthly love that's natural and just treats people like they've been treated. Have a heavenly love. Okay, look down to verse number five. Mortify, that means kill off. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Okay, these are natural behaviors. Fornication, which means any sexual sin. Uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these. Okay, so you're supposed to put off the natural behaviors. And uh, look at some more of what they are. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing you put off the old man with his deeds. So put off. Now look at verse 10. And have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So when you are the things you're putting off, those are the natural behaviors. The things that you're putting on, those are the heavenly supernatural behaviors that only come through Christ. Look at verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity. Now look at the description of charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. How do you have perfect love? only through Christ. And when you have the love of Christ living in you and through you, it is called, in verse 14, the bond of perfectness, the relationship glue. God tells us here that charity is the perfect relationship bond. But if you've trusted Jesus, this bonding agent is available to you. If you haven't trusted Jesus, it all starts with accepting his gift of eternal life. So, we've seen three options this morning. Uh, natural behaviors. Treat others like they've treated you. Thoughtful behaviors. Treat others like you want to be treated. And supernatural behaviors. Treat others as Jesus has treated you. But I want to finish this up with something really practical in the faith challenge. Uh, there are things available to us that need to be activated for them to work. You could have a powerful engine in your car, but if you never turn the key, that engine does you no good, right? You could have a perfectly good stick of dynamite, but you still got to light the thing for it to work. Uh, you could have beautiful Christmas lights hanging on your house, but if you don't plug them into electricity, they're useless. And the activator for the new commandment is obedient faith. The activator for the new commandment is obedient faith. The new commandment is only powerful when practiced. It doesn't do you any good to have it sitting on a piece of paper. It doesn't do it any good for you to have a plaque on your wall with it. It doesn't do us any good to put it on the screen if we don't practice it. It only works if we follow Christ's command. 
That's where the miracle takes place. You follow what Jesus said, and he loves others through you. He forgives people you could never forgive. He accepts people you could never accept. He yields to relationship expectations you would never submit to on your own. He comforts others through you when you feel helpless to respond to their needs. He bears burdens in others that you can never carry. Obedient faith has to be activated in your heart for the new commandment to take effect. And it's crazy to think that there are believers all over the place who have the most powerful relationship glue ever, but it's sitting dormant in their hearts because they aren't willing to follow Jesus. And they keep struggling in relationships because they're living out the values of the natural man instead of being amazed by God's supernatural working. There's a verse that pops up in my prayer prompter app every couple of weeks, Hebrews 4.2. Listen to this. It's so powerful. It may even describe you. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Wow. That's so huge. What does that mean? It means you can listen to every sermon we have at Centennial this year. But if you never mix in obedient faith, the sermons will just pass through years like so much nonsense. In 2012, we got to mix in obedient faith with what we hear from God's Word. Let's put our faith into practice. Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Let me pray with you. With our heads bowed on this first Sunday of the year, maybe you're here this morning and nobody's looking around. You say, Pastor, I realized this morning the new commandment isn't even possible in my life because I've never received Jesus as my personal Savior. With nobody looking around, would you just slip your hand up so I could pray for you? Say, Pastor, I, I don't know the Lord. I don't have Jesus in my life. I'll pray for you. Maybe you say, Pastor, I, I'm a child of God. I, I know Jesus is my Savior, but I have not been practicing the new commandment of my relationships. And would you pray with me that I will have obedient faith and that I'll be able to treat other people like Jesus has treated me? Would you just slip your hand up? I'll pray for you. Maybe like that, yes, yes, I pray for you. Yes, I pray for you. Father, as we close out this first service of the year, we're reminded that this type of behavior toward other people can't be done by human means. It can't be done by human resolve or human strength. It is a supernatural form of love that can only be done through Jesus Christ. And I pray for those who said today that they're struggling with living out biblical love. I pray that each one would have the grace of God in their lives and the power of God in their lives to choose every day to be obedient to the love of your word, the love that Jesus has given us through what he did for us on the cross, 
I pray that as we go out from this first service of the year, that you would help us to love one another and that the world around us would say, see how they love. I want what they have. Help us to remember that our love is our testimony for you or our testimony against you. Bless us now, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.